Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership podcast, The Culture Edit Reloaded. I'm Sandra Patel, founder and CEO of Transition Partners. This season, I'm flying solo as I sit down with international leaders to discuss their leadership journeys and how they have embedded a thriving and positive culture. Hello and welcome back to our Let's Talk Leadership podcast. My name is Sandra Patel and I'm delighted to be recording today. Today we have, um, and I'd love to welcome, Eyal Matskel, who is the Senior Director of Engineering for Aviv, a digital real estate group of companies owned by Axel Springer and KKR, who are on a mission to become the largest real estate platform in Europe. Hi Eyal, how are you? Hi, it's uh, great to be here. I'm doing fine, thanks. Good, fantastic, brilliant. So it'd be great if um, initially we could tell the viewers and the listeners, listeners just a little bit about your about you, your background, like how you got to where you are today into this director position, where it all kind of started, um, and just for you to do a little quick intro. Sure. Right, so uh, I'm originally from Tel Aviv. I am currently in Berlin for the past, I guess, nine years or so, uh, working as a senior director of engineering. Before this company, I worked in uh, N26 as a head of engineering for a couple of years. Uh, although my initial, let's say, 12 years or so of the career were in a completely different sector, working on um, cybersecurity, anti-spam, antivirus engines, and so on. Uh, my background is actually mm-hmm. uh, quite different from that. So my degree and my studies were around um, industrial design and arts. And uh, I started in tech uh, as a student, actually, following my military career, who actually helped me start, like a lot of people in Israel, in the field. And uh, yeah. it all started from there. Fantastic. So how did you initially get into tech? I know you said it was throughout your military career. What What was it that kind of um because i know some people do you know particularly when they haven't come from that background like we've had leaders on the podcast previously who um were really interested in computers at like a really young age and you know were like breaking taking them to pieces and things like that and you know kind of always had a real passion for it so i'd be interested to see to hear more about your background with regards to that yeah, so, so I fall straight into that cliche of uh, having spent uh, a lot of time growing up with computers. Uh, yeah. Super Mario was a close friend. And then um, I suppose um, I got into a unit in military intelligence, which was around, um, let's say, intelligence through tech. And that helped mm-hmm. uh, kind of facilitate because you, you kind of cram in about a full career into around three and a half, four years or so. And so you get to experience anything from um, your, you know, being the the new joiner in the team to leaving three years after as a a team leader or something around that. And then you start life, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Brilliant. Great. And you've obviously worked for some impressive um, branded um, businesses, which, which is great. And I think sometimes, again, you know, that's one of the, the challenges um, that people can have um, coming up through the tech industry. Um, so it'd be really interesting to um, for you to go into a little bit more detail around how your career actually evolved over those years. Like what, um, 
you know, I think what sometimes people um, struggle with is is making those steps and that progression from one role to another. Um, So it'd be really interesting for you to talk more about how you did that, how you achieved that, um, and if there are any kind of tips throughout that process that may help others that are looking to aspire to your level. So my first position was, was, let's say, in, in fairly humble when it comes to, to tech. I joined uh, ComTouch at the time, uh, which was a company that was dealing with uh, creating anti-spam engines and security solutions. Uh, I was mm-hmm. hired to do, along with a couple more people, which were students reporting directly to the CTO of the company, uh, which was interesting because he said... Uh, I'm hiring you to do something completely manual of kind of looking at URLs and saying, is this spam? Is it not spam? He said, I mm-hmm. want you to be bored and figure out a better way to do this, which was a really interesting way of getting started. So um, we joined a company where it was 15 people strong. I left the company where it was about, let's say, closer to 200. Wow. Um, and I think... So my first, uh, the first person who bought into this uh, for putting me in a leadership position was Amil, who was uh, the CTO and president of the company. And um, I started by leading the team that I kind of started in and helped form a couple of years after I joined. And then that's where it started. As far as leadership goes, I think what allowed me to experience very different things, and and I moved around a lot as well. So because this team was kind of special so uh detection of viruses and malware and creating url filtering solutions and botnet detection we couldn't really lean on finding a lot of people with uh, experience it's a fairly uh tight community and it was also kind of like let's say data science but we didn't know that it would be called that eventually so we were using a lot of statistics a lot of data a lot of uh things but more for the direct value that they bring, catching viruses faster, identifying spam, identifying legitimate email. And so my roles were equally diverse because I would fill in for a product role uh, to create a new product, or I would focus on different types of products and also participated in creating marketing content when when that was uh, necessary. So I believe that what allowed me to do these jumps was that I realized that longer stints in a particular company, you get opportunities that you wouldn't necessarily be hired for, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're doing something that is purely technical and you want to experience uh, working as a product manager, for example, or having product ownership, you're not going to be hired to be a product manager, or you wouldn't necessarily be hired to deal with something very different. but if you have the knowledge and your 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 credibility in the company they'll give you a chance so yeah. i try and do yeah. the same for people in 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 my teams as well as giving them uh the the, the experiences you know of trying to taste from different things and figure out the path forward yeah fantastic um so i think the key point there is isn't it that um you know if there's an opportunity to um have involvement in other areas that would then add extra strings to the to the bow take that opportunity embrace it and be flexible um and work on other projects and opportunities if you're given those given those opportunities um which obviously allows that progression um as well um fantastic so what um obviously being a leader um how many years is it that you've been in a leadership role would you say like official officially in a leadership role wow um mm-hmm. i think 
it would be around 13, 14 years, I guess, since, since that first team, first moment. Yeah. Right. Fantastic. Um, so it'd be really interesting, actually, on the point of, of your career evolving, how do you feel? And I was asked a similar question recently, actually, on a um, burnout workshop that I ran um, for a consultancy. And, um, and they said to me, um, they said, how has your leadership experience like how do you think you as a person and as a leader has evolved since you started out as a leader and experience like I've experienced burnout so that question was particularly in relevance to that but in terms of um, yours obviously you've been a leader for 13 years where you are and, and how you operate and who you are as a leader now obviously would be vastly different to when you started out 13 years ago um, so I'd be really interested to learn more specifically um, around that and I guess what principles you live by as well. Mm. Oh, it was for sure different, right? And yeah. it's it's interesting because you can point to moments of, of those learnings, right, that you collect over over the years. There was, you know, the first year, first year and a half, you think you're doing tremendously well and then you realize, oh, no, the team was doing tremendously well, but I could have yeah. done better, right? You're... I, I guess in evolution, you start by kind of facing inward, I guess, right? So you're, you're leading a team and you're, you're used to working within a team within the group. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that you're kind of with your back to the rest of the organization. Things are coming in and you're trying to make the most by assigning them to the right people or trying to figure things out. And at some point when too many things come in, you realize that you're actually supposed to be guarding that gate or you're supposed to turn around, trust the team more, uh, face the rest of the organization and focus on communicating with peers, communicating up, understanding the strategy. And basically that was the first uh, point of evolution that was coming in fairly quickly. Um, there were other learnings, I guess, like uh, a lot of times you try and help people and facilitate changes and do things uh, that they don't always know about. For example, mm. I remember the first um, first person I tried to help, and it was um, someone that I was trying to support without involving that person with what I was actually trying to achieve and trying to do. So I was trying to get them more focused by removing distractions and things that they had to do that were fairly manual or that were d distracting them from focusing on adding value. And after this was in the first six months, I guess, of my, my role, um, that person became frustrated because he didn't know that uh, I was trying to help, right? So from that perspective, it was, oh, you're basically removing things that I'm doing uh, instead of allowing me to do what I believe adds value. So I, I've learned at that point as well to be a lot more involved. But as you grow, you know, this was just the first year, you learn to focus a lot more about building relationships about um uh, let's say that what you're there to do so separating yourself from a lot of younger uh or less experienced engineering managers for example would focus on um would have a hard time letting go of what they do of coding of uh being there in the trenches or they would feel that they would lose trust of the team if they don't code as much or if they don't show that they're taking part in the work and they don't it takes some time to realize that the most impact you you actually can do is by not doing that and dedicating your time to different things. Um, 
mm-hmm. obviously a lot more lessons came after. But I guess my you asked about principles or or uh, core values, and I think uh, I believe very strongly in in that the only way for us to scale that would be to to create empowerment in the teams to be able to um, take decisions and to uh, um, own up to what they're working on creates a strong connection. And for me mm-hmm. to, to be able to do that, then it means that I'm there to accept responsibilities of outcomes, right? I'm not necessarily there to decide for them or do for them or um, any, even take a decision. You could, you could assume that the person that's closer mm-hmm. to the ground might know better. They might have a better perspective. But what I can do is to say, oh, you know, if somebody comes in and they say, if we do this, then this might happen. If we do that, then that might happen. And I'm there to say, okay, this either option is acceptable. You can take a decision or we can't afford this. Go that way. Um, But I'm not there to give them the path forward always. Um, Yeah, Mm. for that to happen, there are other things. Um, Clarity, for example, is something I believe is very important. I think the people in all teams i guess i guess anyone coming to work instead of coming just to punch in and punch out um they want to do well they want to yeah. perform better so it's really important to have mm-hmm. clarity on what my expectations are how they contribute to the mm-hmm. impact of the team or how do they how does the work in the team connect with the overall strategy so as soon as they know what i measure them for what my values are what do i appreciate I think naturally they'll want to align with that. And the people who won't, well, it just kind of shows that there might not be a good connection with the culture. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree on um, a number of those points. And it's interesting because I can relate that to my own path and journey. And, and, um, you know, I think, you know, whether you've come up through a a technical role and gone from, you know, being a – an engineer to engineering manager um, director, I think the you know there's still that hands-on hands-off element, isn't there? And I think that's right. one of the a difficult challenges to let go of that hands-on element. And there's a couple of different factors around that. One I think is the key thing is um, you know that uh, fear that um, if you're not still hands-on and doing the doing, are you going to gain that trust and respect? Um, from the team and I think it's, it can be quite difficult to find that happy medium and, and balancing act um, so um, yeah it's, it's, it's interesting and it's great to hear that you've um, you've obviously been able to do that and I'm sure it wasn't easy um, I think sorry did you want to say something? yeah the uh, being being humble about these things is very important you want to be leading people who are technically better than you in the end uh, yeah. You don't want to have a team that can only do what you would be capable to do yourself if you had eight hands. You want to have different people who compensate and do more. You want to enable them. Um, and I think the best example I could bring is from, from a team that I was managing in, in Omeo. I was leading the search platform team there. That was a team that was hardcore, very senior, excellent Java engineers. Uh, my background in Java was fairly lightweight. Um, I haven't dealt with it for many years when I got the team. And I remember when I was offered to take that leadership position, I was thinking, what could I bring? You know, they're going to look at me and they're going to say, well, 
<laughs> yeah. And then I sat down with the tech lead of the team and I started asking, so what is the team struggling with and what, what kind of things are, do you need? And every single one of those things was always about leadership, about visibility, connection with the strategy, knowing what to do, having a say on larger topics. And when I took that team and we spent a couple of years together, then that was, I think, one of the highest performing and better relationships um, of any team that I worked with after because what I brought, they didn't have. And, and I could also lean back in technical discussions and find myself more comfortable to say, all right, what do you want to do? What do you think that the system needs? And just trust them to be able to do it without basically uh, being annoying and kind of trying to dictate that. So that was a good lesson. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, brilliant. And I understand that you've been experiencing rapid growth. Um, it'd be interesting probably to um, just to give some context, I guess, around the growth and um, just to give a really quick overview on the, that, you know, just the growth subject, but then also talk about how, 